all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Welcome, 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 welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is your host, Joseph Brownlee. Welcome to the show. As I always say, good morning, good mid-morning, good afternoon, good mid-afternoon, good evening, good mid-evening. And to my night listeners, hello, yay, welcome to the show, Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello, everyone. Hello to all my international listeners. I checked my analytics, and I see I have listeners from Kenya. Hello, Kenya. I have listeners from Egypt as well. Hello, Egypt. I have 22 downloads apiece from those countries. Thank you. Thank you for putting trust in my show and downloading my show. Hello, everybody, and I just thank you internationally from Kenya and Egypt. Now, I have listeners from Spain. I have listeners from different international countries, but i like to give a shout-out to the ones that showed up on my analytics. That's an, I'm not leaving out any other international uh, listener, but I'm just... Uh, pointing those two out because they just showed up on my email as you know a high volume of download downloading my podcast now thank you thank you thank you thank you and i also have 22 uh within this month 22 uh downloads as well here in the USA, so I just got to say thank you all. God bless you all. I really appreciate that. But the main thing, I hope you're getting something out of it. I hope you share it, and I hope you return. But I, the main thing, I just hope you're getting something out of it, and you're getting fruits. You're getting fed. You're understanding more about uh, Christianity in a biblical perspective, even when it comes to world views and world events, like I do in this show. I try to put everything in a Bible, biblical perspective. So I hope you're getting everything uh, that you can out of it. Now, everything I say is not exhaustive and not exhausted. Meaning, you know, everything could be checked. Everything could be just, you can look back and then, you know, recheck and just search things yourself, which I really recommend that you do. Please, I don't just tell you things for you not to research it yourself. Even when I ask you to just look for these things yourself, you know, and you just go from there and you look at it and you give it your own perspective. But if you can, if you are a believer, look at it in a Christian biblical perspective. If you're not saved, just try to look at it objectively, whatever I'm teaching you on this show. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone. Now. I'm going into the final stages 
of my series I've been teaching about what is a real Christian. A uh, name I gave it to it, gave, gave it the name about a week or so ago. What is a real Christian? And if you are a new listener or a curiosity listener, whatever like that, you have to go back to the last seven podcasts or so to get all the topics that I talked about pertaining to Christianity, pertaining to how to be a Christian. And I hit a lot of areas. I hit a lot of things. I try to be as detailed as I can. I try to be as much detailed as I can and somewhat cautious of what I am saying and what I am t- trying to relate and what I am teaching. So uh, be in mind of that. You know, nobody's 100% correct. Okay? Nobody that does podcast, radio, or minister, anything is 100% correct. Nobody. Not in these imperfect bodies. And I all often say we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But the Holy Spirit is working through an imperfect vessel. The perfect Holy Spirit is working through an imperfect vessel, which means these vessels are going to make mistakes and these vessels are going to make errors. Okay? So, just remember, it's not the Holy Spirit. If we make an error, you know, it's not the Holy Spirit. That's why I, I'm very careful to say Oh, I never say God told me to say this or the Holy Spirit led me to say this. I might say I feel within my spirit. That means I'm leaving myself open just in case because I know the flesh can get in the way or emotions and feelings can get in the way. And some things I know that I'm led by the spirit because it's lining up with his word. It's lining up with the word of God. It's just when I'm expressing an opinion or a hypothesis or something like that, I will say I feel that I'm led by the Spirit or this is just something that, that I'm uh, bringing up myself. So it's more like an opinion. So if you listen to my show, you know I'm I'm very cautious and I'm very leery. I don't play around saying the Lord told me this or the Holy Spirit led me this way. No, I know better than that. When you, If you ever hear me say that, I'm expressing in my spirit because it lines up with the Word of God, no doubt. See, it's his word talking through my spirit. See, confirming what I'm saying. All right, those for the ones. They, you know I don't go off uh, saying that God told me this and the Holy Spirit told me this. No, I, I don't I don't play with that, you know. I'm very cautious with that. So what you get out of this show is detailed, you know, uh, information that I talk about the world and a set of stuff like that. But di- let me digress. I want to conclude in a sense on this series of uh, what is a real Christian for the ones that's been listening you uh, hopefully you're getting something out of it and you got some type of understanding now some will reject maybe most will reject what I am saying but what I just I, I ask you this before you turn your head and before you reject anything not only what I'm saying do your research read your Bible look at your own life look at the church you go to look at what you have been taught is it from you or was it was you taught 
what to say. Look at, do you you ever mimic things? You know, all these things I'm talking about. Look within yourself. Look, don't look at me. See, don't, don't look at me. Look within yourself, because I put it out there for you to just, what? Survey yourself. And you think about the things that I said, what you have learned since you have been a Christian or what you have learned if you are an unbeliever through life in general open up your heart objectively and say to yourself what is the majority of what I learned where did it come from did it come from my creativeness from me or something I, I came up with an idea or was it from society or religiosity or whatever and you will be surprised. But you have to accept it. Because whether you accept it or not, it's true. Let me say this again. Whether you accept that or not, it's true. Now, what I'm not saying is you not, you have not came up with nothing creative yourself. God gave us all the ability to be creative and use our own knowledge. That's the, that's the, uh, uh, the gifts God gave us, you know. That's what he gave us. But when we're in a society of all kind of beliefs and uh, different type of training and different type of ideas and different type of cultures, we learn from each other by those things the majority of the time. See, and that's why I put a difference between when Israel was under the theocracy of God as a nation. They didn't have that much of a freedom to believe like the Gentile worlds. It was forbidden under the law. They couldn't just accept all type of Gentile society. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday ways and paganisms and stuff like that they can go worship other gods or choose which way they wanted to go or just say i want to follow this way they was under the theocracy of god they was under a covenant so that's why they known as national israel not individual choice israel like we are under grace they was national israel they was under the theocracy of god god was their king god was their leader you know so they had to be of one accord when it came to the law. See, they had to follow certain rituals and rules because nationally they was under a rope. They had to be the same, not be the same as personalities, but as following the law and obeying the law. And they have festivals. They had certain rituals as a nation that was for the whole nation of Israel. So it was much tougher and much harder for the uh, na uh, nationality Israel then. It's not now. It's free choice now, see, because there's no more covenant. They're not under no covenant or nothing like this. So they have a free will as same as the Gentiles now. But 
back then they did not they was under a covenant you understand what I'm saying they was under a covenant one rule one law 613 laws see moral civil governing laws they was under God was their leader their theocracy see all the way up to the conversion of Paul Israel was a nation of a nationality nation that was under one rule. So the tradition, they only had one tradition they supposed to have followed, the covenant law. Their rituals was a certain tradition they had to follow. See, that's the difference. You understand what I'm saying? So if they went outside of that, there's consequences they had to serve. God used prophets and all kind of a uh, different prophets, major and minor prophets, to warn Israel when it was disobedient as a nation. Not so much as an individual, but as a nation. He warned them. If you do this, this will happen. You will be blessed. If you do this, this will happen. You will be cursed as a nation. See, he meant this for Israel, not the Gentile nations, but Israel. You understand what I'm saying? So they had one tradition they had to follow. They was conditioned one way to obey the law. You understand what I'm saying? Today, we're not under no covenant. We don't have any promises like Israel. There was no favored nation now. Israel has been postponed so they get looked at the same as any Gentile nation now we are free to choose any direction we want to go now it's called grace it's called grace see Israel didn't have it under the covenant it's called grace now we're under grace now they had some great God's grace worked in a different way God always had his grace okay through through the uh, all through the Bible, so I want you to understand that His grace, if it wasn't for God's grace, is the whole Israel and the Gentiles would be wiped out. Period. There won't be nobody on earth if it wasn't for His grace, His mercy. But the grace today is the hidden grace of everyone on earth. Sins is not being charged against them. Not going to heaven, but not being charged against them. We just have to believe what Jesus done. So we're under the rope of grace. Only difference is we have a freedom to choose whatever way we want, which Israel really did not have. They suffered the consequences if they did. Even to the point of being circumcised the eighth day, that was mandatory. God wasn't asking them to do it. That was They was told it was a commandment. We're not under nothing like that. We have free will. Therefore, when we are birthed, we don't have to worry about getting circumcised to eight today because we're not under a covenant. When we come into this world by us not being under no covenant or under no one rule or under no theocracy, we we learn from different people, starting with our parents, freely. See, no pressure. See, we're not forced to obey God. We're not forced to walk with God like Israel was. 
so we have a freedom so we learn all kind of stuff from society that's what I'm trying to get uh, in everybody's head and, uh, and everything see uh, okay I hope you got something out of it the teaching on traditions that can condition you Every tradition don't condition people. See, the, the problem with some good traditions is uh, some even good traditions in life in general don't understand when it's time to stop or it's time to revise or tweak or change. They keep the tradition going and wonder why things is not working out the same. See, they don't know things change, society change, people change. See, as long as we are in this immortal, sinful body, things change. Some traditions don't know how to let go, even good traditions. You know, things just change. You cannot do the same thing all the time. You know, especially when it comes to rituals and physical conditions and stuff like that. Now, I'm not just talking about the church. I'm just talking about in life. You have a traditional family tree, for instance. You know, you might have your get-togethers, your gatherings, your family reunions and stuff like that. Some people hold on to it so long they will not let it go. And they wonder why the, the reunion is dwindling down. They don't have as many family members. Now, this is not, this is excluding the ones that pass away. So you got to add all that in. People die, people get older, people pass away. People get bored. I'm talking about people get bored or they grow out of it or they have another lifestyle. So when they start dying out, sometimes uh, traditions get caught up in a way that they don't want to let it go, but they get disappointed because everybody's not showing up like they used to. Sometimes it's time to stop things or just say, okay, we're just going to have our own family togetherness, whatever like that. See, you don't want to get stuck in the tradition unless it's a God biblical Bible tradition when it comes to Christians see you don't want to get caught up in traditions and life to the detriment that it affects your family and, if, and people because people get bored they want to do other things or they want to revise it or change it especially today see then you got the bad traditions see that goes on for that never really really worked it worked back in that time because it was for that time because of the culture and the different things and you didn't have the lex the uh the technology and stuff uh that you have today that you had back then so those traditions worked then that won't work today see what worked in the 1930s won't work in the uh 2023 that's what I'm talking about. Some traditions need to be just stop. Bad traditions just need to stop. Good and bad. You understand what I'm saying? So all traditions are not bad. But when a tradition, good or bad, conditions you, it's hard to get out of it. Good or bad. When you are conditioned in a tradition. And that's what I was going through through the Bible. Okay. Uh, even when I was talking about Christianity. The term Christian is that a commandment or that is that an ordained name that we should we should call ourselves? Does the Bible say, okay, for now on we must call ourselves Christian? Was it ordained by God or anybody? 
If you've been listening to my show, you will know the term Christian was only used three times in the Bible. And I'm I, I'm very careful, not careful, but I know I try not to use Christianity, Christian loosely because the world uses it loosely. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal you got all kind of faiths and beliefs and even the cults that call our cults that call themselves Christians. See? Three times in the Bible, I think, uh twice in the book of Acts, and I think uh uh first or second Peter, I keep forgetting which one, that uses the term Christian in the King James Bible. And I remember I was trying to reiterate, I don't know, I don't read a lot of translations besides the Living Bible that they probably use Christian more in um, uh, modern English translations that can have people confused, see? And that's why this, the term Christian is so popular when it comes to religion. I believe the word Christian or Christianity is more, that term is more popular than any other faith, including Muslims, Buddhists, and everything. Mostly everybody heard of the term Christian. Would you agree? I think the most known name in religion, if you want to call it, or faith, is Christian or Christianity. You go through history, Christianity is well known in that name term. Now, that does not mean everybody is a Christian. That say they are Christian. That does not mean every faith that says they are Christian are Christian. It's just the term, the name is used so loosely and most of the time wrongly. Okay? All right? So you must remember that. Now, you have a knock on Christians in the past. Remember the, the Reformation? In the dark ages, when Christians was going up against Muslims and wars and bloody wars and stuff like that in the name of Christianity. Now, remember, I said in the name of Christianity, because the majority of them was not Christians. The term that's used in the book of Acts. See, they believed in Christian morals, but they kind of tweaked it. Now, the reason, from what I heard, the Christians fought a lot of wars in the times of the Dark Ages or even the Inquisitions and the, uh, the Reformations and stuff like that, they fought a lot of wars against the Muslims. They tried to follow the examples of the Book of Judges. 
Remember how God not wiped out nations or he used the judges to wipe out nations and different things like that, you know. Many of these so-called Christians was using that example why they do what they do. It wasn't ordained by God. It was just man using the name of Christian for their justification of war. You understand what I'm saying? People do that today. The term Christian is used. So now it's a lot of things that people use as Christianity. And this might bother some people. The Reformation, we come to the Martin Luther, the John Calvin and everything. What was that doctrine? Was it Paul's doctrine? Full Paul's full doctrine. I understand uh, when Martin Luther found Romans 6, I believe, and he said, you're saved by faith or whatever like that. But what was the full teaching of Martin Luther? Was it Paul's doctrine? No. What about John Calvin? Was it Paul's full doctrine? What was their full message? Was it salvation? They believe in salvation, faith by works, but what happened down the line? And I talked about that. Has Satan even warped the gospel? Because they was not preaching Paul's gospel after a while. See, it was majority kingdom program. It got manipulated and became the kingdom program. Paul's letters all of a sudden got lost. See, and it became more of the four gospels and the kingdom program. See, so we have to understand that everybody that called themselves a Christian you would be shocked that they wasn't really the so-called Christian. They believe in Christendom. Now, whether they were saved or not, I don't know. I was I was coerced to believe that they were saved, just like we were here in America. Was has been trained to believe that the uh, our so-called forefathers, Washington and all those guys, were Christians. But that's not true. They wasn't. They believed in the morals of Christianity of, or the morals of what the Bible said, but they was not, the majority of them was not really a believer part of the body of Christ. Let me put it that way. See, they just used a Christian name because they believed in the moral, because a lot of them lived a lot of immoral lives. Jefferson and all of them. But they 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 believe in the Christian morals. Even a constitution is built on what they believe about what the Bible says. See, one ordained by God, but they just wrote the constitution on the beliefs of what the Bible says and believe. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm just saying we have to understand a lot of these things are man-made traditions. It's not God ordained. It's man what they believe what God is saying in his word and they come up with these type of you know things and stuff whatever like that you know so we must remember that okay uh, I think someone said George Washington uh, was a theist now I gotta look up I don't know was a theist the theist is different from an atheist but he was a theist I'm, I don't know if he believed in a deity or whatever like that but I gotta look that up but uh, somebody has said something about that in other words he was limited of what he believed about the word of God Washington and all of them but we was traditionally uh, brought up to believe even from some of the greatest 
of Christian scholars out there that they were Christians. That's why they come up the name forefathers and whatever like that. They, they was Christians. But were they? I don't know. See? I don't know. My point is, those are the things I want us to really touch on and really just do our research and everything like that because if I go back and I look at some of the things that Washington and all them read out of the Bible, I have no doubt that the majority of what they read out of the Bible is probably from the four Gospels or the Old Testament. I'm not saying they never touch Paul's letters, but it's very few that they get some of Paul's letters. But the majority of what they have been reading, the ones that did read the Bible, see, a lot of these uh, so-called forefathers, they lived immoral lives and everything like that, beyond having slaves. Yes, Jefferson and all had slaves, but that was the way it was then. I'm not talking about that. See, the slavery was still in play then, you know. But my point is, in moral life, you know, sleeping around, just like politicians do today. They, they, they done that, you know. But they use the term Christian. You look at the Republicans, the conservative Republicans, Republicans, they use a lot of the Christian morals or the Christian so-called ideas. See, but a lot of them live illicit, bad lives, too. You see what I'm saying? Because you say you're a Christian don't mean you're part of the body of Christ. That's the scary and sad part. And you even confuse. You just can't say I'm a Christian because I'm going to question. What makes you a Christian? And if you cannot answer that, you're not a Christian. If you can't give a biblical statement that's proven that being a Christian is part of the body of Christ, show me. And why did they use that term? The majority of the church do not know anything about it. I did not know because I was traditionally conditioned to believe just the church was full of Christians, even though it was only used a few times. And you will not know that the way everybody, most of the people in the church and outside the church calls themselves a Christian. See? Okay. That's what I wanted. I, I don't see anything else I can bring to you for you to understand what is a real Christian. First of all, basically put a real Christian is in the body of Christ. A real Christian is the new creature. If you want to look at Christian term in that way. See? But it's okay because the real term of a person that's saved is a believer in Christ and what he did part of the body of Christ but that term is so foreign in Christendom today even in your church it's so foreign even though they know the church is part the church is the body of Christ they use Christian more they use born again more a term that was only for the nation of Israel and you know that's true, born again. Born again, I see so many states born again. I even see some so-called grace believers or rightly divided using the term born again. They can't let it go. Even well-known teachers I listen to now, you know, they use born again. Even though born again was only used twice in the Bible. And it was for Israel every time. Those two times, it was Israel. But traditionally, whether you, you was brought up in a Baptist or a 
church of God in Christ. You, all that other stuff you say is true, but you can't get born again out of it. You still got to use that born again. And the body of Christ was not born again. The body of Christ is a new creature. You can't be born again and new. Israel was born God's first son when they rebelled. See, God brung them, was going to bring them back. He's going to bring them back in the future, you know. They, therefore, they will be born again. They will be reborn. They was born under God as a nation, and they have to be born again. Israel, the nation, it wasn't for the body of Christ. The church has nothing to do with that. But many uh, believers in the body of Christ say they was born again. You know, you might not think that's important, but that's very important to know where what is a real Christian, where you stand, what is Christianity, because you teach it. You're teaching a lost the same thing. And the last thing you and I want is to get the uh, the, uh, the students that we teach or we mentor that trust us to get them caught up in our old traditions that didn't work for us. See, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, in conclusion, I hope you got something out of this series of the dangers of traditions. Okay? <clears throat> we need to to be unconditioned. And I told you about how to do that. Well, I gave you some pointers or how you can do that, you know, how to be unconditioned. I also talked about, you know, the diet. Christianity is spiritually obese and bad health. And I'm talking about Christians, believers. Then I talked about the physical obesity. See, we need to work on those things. We need the unconditioned traditions or untraditioned traditions. And it can be done. It's not hard. It's just a matter of wanting, wanting to do it because we want to hold on to traditions. We love traditions. We might not even call it traditions. People, man, I'm not in no traditions, man. I can sit up there and talk to you, male or female. And you just can get to talking and talking and the things you are telling me and your family and stuff like that. We used to do that. I remember this and everything like that, man. My mother don't believe in that. My dad don't follow this. He always taught us this way, whatever, 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 whatever. That is a tradition. Past things that you still hold on that your parents taught you, unconsciously, without you knowing, you traditionally still hold on to it. Not saying it's bad. Not saying it's good, but you hold on to it. Those are traditions. Now, and remember, I said all traditions are not bad, but we do have traditions, knowingly, knowingly and unknowingly. We hold on to traditions. But the majority of the time, I was talking about bad traditions that we hold on to. Bad traditions. Some, let me, let me talk about the church entire, physically. A lot of Baptists, a lot of Pentecostal churches. When it came to the women, the women weren't allowed to wear makeup. They weren't allowed to cut their hair. They had to wear long dresses and cover themselves up. Now, that's a good thing. See, that's a good thing. Now, what makes it a problem is you traditionally was told 
what you have to wear and what is called modesty. You see what I'm saying? And you have some young ladies in Pentecostal churches or Southern Baptist churches. They look like they're 50 or 60 years old. They look wore out and they don't even quote the right scriptures. They're not educated in the things of God. And it's kind of sad. The men as well. The men are usually hard and tough and, and very legalistic. Wife cannot work. Wife cannot go nowhere and stuff like that. See, those are traditional beliefs. They say they get this from the Bible, but there's, these are man-made traditions that was added on. And they don't understand why Paul preached that way. And the, it was a cultural thing. See, Paul preached to different people in a cultural time that's not meant for Americans. Or us to do that today when it comes to entire dressing and stuff like that. Those were cultural times. And in those cultural times where they lived that in the countries they lived that that was required by them. You understand what I'm saying? That's not required today. But some churches took it and brought it to church and they put all their weight. The majority of their weight hurts the women, hurts the females. See? Hurts the females. So they believe that they still are in charge, even a pastor, of who their female should marry. See? You understand what I'm saying? They don't understand they have a freedom. When you are caught up in legalism and conditions, it takes away your freedom of choice. That means you're doing things against your will. You're doing things that you, you don't agree with, but you're scared to go the other way because you think God is going to be mad at you. And it's not God. It's man-made traditions. Les Feldick was talking about that the other night. Even when the Puritans... You know, those missionaries, the Puritans, and, uh, uh, you know, what else did they call them? The Pilgrims and the Pur Puritans. They wasn't following Paul's gospel. They was following the legalism gospel. See? And I heard something that was very mean, especially the husband. They was very restrictive and mean. I done met a lot of mean so-called Christians. And, you know, very mean. Very hard. Man, I mean, you know, that's why you have so many of these corrupt churches and corrupt leaders like the David Jones and the David Koresh's, Jim Jones and the David Koresh's and all these other misers that's out there and everything that do these crazy things. I'm not talking about everybody, but it's traditions. It's man-made traditions, which God hates. Okay. Now, I'm saying that all that to say this. What is a real Christian? And I hope this opened up your eyes that everybody that say that they are a Christian are not in the body of Christ. Let me say this again. Every man and woman that says they are a Christian, most, let me, let me rephrase myself, that say they are a Christian are not part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the key. The body of Christ are the true believers. The body of Christ, the believers that was called Christ-like, those are, if you want to use the term Christian as a believer, I use Christian very little now because I know now. See, sometimes I use I'm a believer and that might 
ask a person the question, what do you mean by believer? That way, that opens up the door to for me to talk about Jesus, of what he did. Most uh, Christians don't open up the door for that because why most people have their definition what a Christian is supposed to be so they don't ask anymore of they say you're a Christian oh okay most of the time oh okay because they have a certain preconceived definition what a so-called Christian is but when you say you're a believer or you're part of the body of we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal Christ, that's foreign to them. That makes them ask you a question. What do you mean by that? I heard about what. Then that opens the door for you to tell them why saying you're a Christian, a lot of times today it does not because they look at Christian in all kinds of ways today. But saying you're in the body of Christ or you're a believer, they might say believer of what? That opens up the door. Tell them about Jesus, the body of Christ. What do you mean by the body of Christ? That opens up the door to tell them about who? Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? You you understand what I'm saying? Now, I want us as believers of the body of Christ to understand, first of all, ourselves what is a believer? What is it? What does body of Christ mean? Don't dwell on Christian. And if you do dwell on Christian, be very specific when you're talking to someone or even your fellow believers. Why do you think you are a Christian or what is a Christian? What is a real Christian? Which is not hard to answer if you know. See, if you follow the concepts of the teachings of the Apostle Paul, Jesus' heavenly ministry, if you follow his letters, his 13 letters, you see, and you start focusing on his letters, you will 100%, will 100% no doubt, know what it is to be a believer and a real Christian. You won't get that out of Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and nothing like that. Why? There was no so-called Christians then, and there was another program. Once you get yourself out of that program or work on getting yourself out of that program and focus on what you're supposed to be and get out of Israel's mail, stop stealing Israel's mail and get where you're supposed to be in the teachings of the Apostle Paul, 
the apostle for the Gentiles and Jews, but mostly Gentiles, I believe. When you get back to that at one accord in Paul's teaching, you are going to discover probably for the first time what is a believer, what is a real Christian, if you want to use the term Christian. It's all in the letters of Paul. There was no Christians or so-called Christians in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, let alone before. See, that was not. You can't call yourself a Christian and follow on the kingdom program. There was no Christians. Jesus was still alive. You can't say I'm a Christian and say you follow Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You, you understand what I'm saying? They was called believers then. There was no such thing as calling nobody Christ-like or Christ followers. That was a term used later on down the line in Acts 11 when it was transitioning over to the grace program under the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles, when that term came out. See, remember King Agrippa, when Paul was doing, giving his testimony to King Agrippa, this, these are for the ones that read their Bible, okay? You know, uh, and what did King Agrippa say? You almost convinced me to be a Christian. That's the second time the term Christian was ever used in the Bible. Remember, I said it was only used three times. King Agrippa said you almost convinced. I think there was a close to Acts 20 or 20 something, or even before, but it was like later on down the line, uh, end of the book of Acts, I believe. Uh, I have to really look into that. You can find that yourself or Google it and it pop up, you know. You, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. See, the term Christian, see, even Agrippa knew about that term Christian. Paul said something afterwards, if I can blah, blah this and blah, blah that, I don't remember his words, if that's going to help you. He didn't denounce the name Christian. But he didn't also just say, yes, you must be a Christian, if blah, 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 lift it up. But he knew that term was used. And they just, they, they didn't, they, God didn't denounce it. Or God didn't say it was wrong. But it wasn't ordained by God and it wasn't started by Paul. Paul didn't say, okay, for now you all are Christians. See, because it was basically a derogatory bad name, Christ follower. But that name became popular ever since. See, you understand? It don't take long for names and traditions to become popular, good and bad. See, somebody can make a certain quote or a certain statement and call it a name and then it goes out, spread us out like wildfire. Then slowly but surely start adding his own traditions and stuff like that. Remember, I gave remember I gave you an example of the uh, the Reformationists, the reformers, you know Luther and uh, Swigley and all those guys, and you know that was uh, standing up as Protestants, the Reformation of the Protestants, the Protestants, and a lot of quite a few denominations came out of their teaching, Calvin and all of them. You better believe it. Early 1500s to 2023, you don't think they tweaked it and revised it? 
and a lot of things that's taught in Lutheran churches, Calvinist churches, which is different type of denominations that Calvinist type of teaching and whatever like that, even dispensationalism, it wasn't nothing revised and tweaked in it. Yes. Everything that these denominational churches, whatever, whoever their forefather is, you better believe something was added that the forefathers didn't put up in there, but man's traditions and ego going to add more to it. That's just the way it is. That's, that's just the way it is. See? Movements are tweaked. Even the bad movements. That's somebody that could, uh, Muslim, uh, Islam, tweaked. They start branching out to different type of faiths as well as so-called Christianity. See? You think about the, the, uh, the movements in the 60s and stuff like that. The KKK way before the 60s, just said it the KKK. Who's the founder of the KKK? I don't know. But even then, things are twigs, tweaked, revised. The KKK is still going on today, but they, they are a different name now, believe me. They're, they're, they can't do the same thing traditionally like they used to do back in the past because of what I said earlier, things change, but it's still the tradition. It's still a tradition, but they cannot do the same thing they done back then. Because technology, people are more knowledgeable now. The laws are more stronger, see? And they can't do those things, see? So traditionally, they still hold on to traditions, but they do it more undercover then. They was more openly back then, but they can't really do it opening back like now. So they use, they what branches out from groups like the KKK, you had different groups, you know, this group, that group, the group Antifa. You have different groups branching out, see, because the traditions. You think of the Black, the Black Panthers. From what I heard, they start off just trying to help their community, Black community, and black, and stuff like that. Even that movement today, back then, got stopped progressively being more aggressive. Huey Newton and all of them, he got into a lot of mess, Huey Newton, you know. He was just like a gangster. But then some of them got, became believers, you know, from what I heard. I forgot his name, but I'm just saying traditionally, it got tweaked for the worse, the, for the better, or for the good. Either way it go, it was, it's still a retreat. You don't hear much about the name Black Panthers. You heard about a few years ago this group called themselves the Revised Black Panthers, but they might call themselves also the Revolutionaries. But it's from that teaching of the Black Panthers with more added to it. You think about gangs like the Black Gangster Disciples or the El Rookins. Remember the, uh, the Blackstone Rangers changed their name to the El Rookins. Jeff Fort, the founder. You had the gangster disciples, then you had the black you had the black disciples, then you had the gangster disciples, you had the initiatives. I'm talking about a lot of Chicago gangs. My my point is traditions are still in play today, but they have been tweaked. And they are nothing like the beginning of those traditions. Most of them are not. But I'm just letting you know the power of traditions not only in the church, but in society. See, even our cultural upbringing. See, 
the way we talk. It depends where you live at, the way we walk. I talked about all of that. I'm just going back over everything like that, you know. It's a traditional thing. We didn't go to school of pimping as a black man. Uh, women didn't go to school of switching. They just looked at other women do that to pull attention to them, so they start switching their behinds. Men start pimping because it look cool for attention. Those are traditional. Those are cultural traditions. See? It goes on today. Young people dress alike. Young people like they talk alike. They don't go with each other and say, we gotta, we're going to go to class of slang and learn how to talk slang. No, they learn it from a culture. Unconsciously, they learn it. They get a, they're attracted to it. The dress code. You know, guys with the saggy pants when it comes to the black, I'm talking about my ethnicity, the sag in the pants, the walk. Now everybody wearing dreadlocks. Thick and thin dreadlocks. And I'm kind of wondering, is this something about dreadlocks? Because, man, it seems like young black men that's going to jail and doing all this killing, all of them have dreadlocks, man. It's usually very similar to the neat cut one. Is somebody with the, is it power or something demonic about dreadlocks? I don't know. But they seem lost. They walk. Some of them look male, nutri- uh, male nutrition. They slug. They like, they, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't open their mouth. They, they all got that same type of cultural walk and look. See, cultural traditions, rituals, you know, all this stuff. Society, man. And I want us to just know that. The diets, what we was coerced or uh, taught, what we should be eating. You know, stay away from fat. Eat more greens. Eat more grains. Grains and greens. G-R-E-E-N-S. Greens and grains. G-R-A-I-N-S eat more grains. Then it came to eat so many slices of bread. Make sure you eat, you drink at least eight ounces of water eight times a day, things like that. See, we was told that. Most of it, no data backing it up, but we was told that. Tradition. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm doing myself. And it, man, my mind has opened up so much more now because I got out of a lot of traditions, man. That was wrong. That was wrong. I'm talking about bad traditions. That was wrong. And I want you all to just man up, woman up, and do the same thing. But it's on you. Some people don't want to let go of your traditions, especially church traditions. You don't want to let it go. See, you don't want to let it go, but that's on you. I'm trying to show you the door that you can get out of it. And it's, and, uh, it's going to have to be strict. But the benefits of it is awesome. It's beautiful. Sometimes you're going to feel by yourself when you get out of traditions and beliefs you're going to feel alone because the majority of the people think alike they have a certain concept so when you all of a sudden change they're going to say man what kind of a coach you got into man what you know joe lost his mind or whatever nobody said that to me but i'm just saying the point you feel alone 
especially when it comes to uh, Christianity or a believer, when you when you learn how to uh, rightly divide God's word and you know your position where you're supposed to be, it's going to sound somewhat foreign to the majority of Christendom. That's just point blank. You most definitely go feel alone because what you teach is not the same. You get you used to teaching and you used to be conditionally believing what was taught. But now you have been red pill the correct way. And I, I'm not ashamed to say that. See? So you will feel alone at times. Because a lot of things that you put out there, you're not going to get too many responses because it's not the traditional uh Christendom you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John kingdom type type of Bible doctrine. So you're not going to get as many amens and everything like that. Some, sometimes because people don't get it, or sometimes people don't want to accept that because they think you're teaching false doctrine. They do. I know people might think I'm teaching false doctrine. I just say, give me a chance to just show me some scriptures. You know, that's all I say. I'm not here to debate bait you or make you do nothing. See, but that's how you're going to feel. You're going to feel in the minority. Know why? Because you are in the minority. Okay. I'm going to leave you with this. The show proof. The same thing in religion or Christianity. Let's talk about Christianity. When you decide to just say, okay, I'm going to listen to the teachings of the Apostle Paul and I'm going to learn more about what he teaches. I'm going to just go ahead and try to understand and learn the King James Bible more. You're going to get a lot of kickback. You're going to get some kickback. You're going to have everybody philosopher and everybody got a master on their translation of the Bible. You know, so you're going to get some kickback. You don't have to argue with them because something you just don't understand. And you're going to feel bad because you can't debate with them. Don't, don't worry about that. Okay? Keep it mute. Keep it mute. Oh, no. All right? So you're going to get some, some kickback. You're going to get some uh, resistance on that. It always happened with Paul anyway. Even back then, the same thing. Paul wound up being by himself before he died. He wound up being by himself when he was beheaded. Just listen to his his final speeches in Second Timothy, and the uh, uh, verses before that, how he wound up talking about the ones that left him. I'm not saying they didn't love him, but they just left him, and it's kind of sad. But he had it bothered him. But tradition, I don't know how true this is. Traditionally, historically, they said Paul almost ran to that Gatlin just to get his head uh, cut off for the sake of Jesus. He was so ready. He was so ready to be in the heavenly places of Christ. But that's a that's a, just a traditional, you know, history thing. I don't know how true that is. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there because I don't know. I'm not saying it is and it's not. But I can see Paul doing that. I can see Paul doing that. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Okay? The 
But when you dealing with Christendom and religion and the government, there's ways to know what's true or not. You might not know it 100%, but there's ways to know. No matter how much education you get, it has nothing to do with that. There's ways to know because we have a built-in discernment and common sense. Whenever it's a hard push to knock something and the majority of the people is pushing it, you need to really pay attention to the thing they pushing against because the majority of the time that's true the minority is true see Paul's teaching was ignored and the kingdom teaching was in a broad ever since after the last apostle which was John I believe when John died but John wasn't teaching grace know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches hensonshaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Still teaching the kingdom. But my point is, from even back then, even before the Reformation, Paul's gospel was very, very little was used as the gospel of salvation. It got warped, it got twisted. Satan manipulated it. And ever since, most churches preach the kingdom gospel. Just think about that. Even though Paul got more letters than any other person in there, he has 13 letters. But he's the most ignored. And he has 13 books. But the most ignored. You think that's a coincidence? Think about that. Now, let's talk about when it comes to diets and food we eat here in America. Why is so much of a push to stop people from eating meat? Is it really because meat is bad? Is it really because meat causes cancer and all that and stuff like that? Is that the real reason? Is that the real reason? Why all of a sudden this attack on keto diets? Why? Now, majority of people know these diets work and people have lost weight and uh, nutrition wise have been things have been reversed. And you would think the uh, the Heart Association and, you know, uh, WHO and FDA would be happy to know that because 
they supposed to be the, the foundation that tells us how, what nutrition is. No, but they attack it. Why? I know why. You know. I know one of the reasons why. You know. Profit. Kajing. That's messing up pharmaceutical. That's messing up these pills and medicine they want to put in you. People might try to sit up here and say this. Well, I don't know the really the real reason. I think they have a real, you know, uh, 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 I think most of them have a, or, you know, they meant well and stuff like that, you know, whatever like that. And they scared to say it, I believe, because I'm just going to say, I believe they're scared to say it because they're on YouTube and they might get censored or they might lose certain status in their position. But I can say it freely. It's planned. <laughs> it was planned. I don't be, it was planned. Now, if you knew you messed up all these years ago and these diets and all this stuff you're using don't work and you're still not doing nothing about it, it's planned. It ain't, I made a mistake. Now, nah, I'm too afraid to say I made a mistake. No, you, it's planned. Oh, it's been planned. See? I'm not saying 100%, but a big 85 to 90% has been planned. What I mean by that, everybody that's in these systems are not doing it. But it has been planned. It has been proven what they want to want to do. I've read articles. This has been planned. I know this. And the ones that say, well, I don't think so. They know it too, but they they only limited what they can say on YouTube. But I bet they get in their little corners. They be saying, yeah, these jokers trying to kill us. <laughs> but they can't say that openly on YouTube. I can't. But I don't use YouTube like that. Because YouTube is sold out, they're sold out, and they, they, that's why they censor you. Why censor this? Why censor this when you have another opinion that don't line up with the status quo? See, mainstream media, all this stuff, man, they all sold out. They talk the same way, they think the same way. So they make the minority look bad, just like Christendom. That's all I want you to pay attention to. See, the diets they've been telling us how to eat was not right. It was a lie. The stuff they pushing on the kids now, Cheetos, they put, how in the world are they putting Cheetos and cookies in the FDA diet programs? They putting all this junk in school as nutrition for the, the, uh, the children the more carbohydrates, not only the decent ones, but the bad ones. And ignoring a diet that's now been scientifically proven to help people nutritionally and lose weight. There is a diet that lose weight the right way, and it's keto. But they make keto and Atkins look so bad. I remember they used to beat up Atkins so bad, man. They talked about, uh, I remember when they passed, I heard something when they ran the autopsy. They found all kind of, uh, how true this is. I saw no all kind of meat and stuff in his body that was, I mean, you can find a letter in a lot of people. They said the same thing about John Wayne. But my point is, they done that just to ridicule Atkins, even when he was dead. They put him down. Talked about his autopsy, what they found, or so-called found. That's how evil these people are. And I'm sorry, but it's in the church too, Christendom, as well, when it comes to the teachings of Paul. 
Same thing. They refused to make Paul the main topic. Man, I never seen nobody in the denominational church or heard that would teach on the books of Paul only. <laughs> no. The doctrine that we supposed to be following is the most hated and ignored. That's no coincidence. It was the same back in the past then. When the kingdom program was preached, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when Jesus came, it was the same thing with them. They didn't want to listen to Jesus. When Peter and the twelve went out there preaching the kingdom, they had resistance from the leaders. See? When it was transitioned over to Paul, even some of the, the, uh, the followers of the kingdom had resistance against the things of Paul. And the lead, it, it, it's a, it's history repeats itself. It's nothing different. It's just we blind and we don't see it. See? See? It's, wow. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude with this. I'm not going to back off of it. But I don't think... I don't think there's much more I can tell you or try to help you with, you know, when it comes to what is a real Christian and uh, the dangers of traditions and stuff like that, not only in the church, but in society itself. And I hope you're learning something and got something out of this, okay? All right? I'm going to end it with that because, you know, there's nothing else, else I can really tell you to try to get your mind to open up, you know, when it comes to life in general. Traditions, spiritual, we need to uncondition, untraditional, untradition ourselves, if that's a word, when it comes to Christianity. The same when it comes to diets and stuff like that. We need to uncondition ourselves to what we eat. We need to uncondition ourselves of the information we have been told that was lies and depends on your age. The younger generation is really in trouble, but they can be helped because they're young. It's the older ones that it's hard to help. <laughs> the younger ones still can be helped if they're willing to listen. You catch them by themselves most of the times, they, they're open up to listen because they're still exploring, they're young. See, but when you're older, you're more harder. See, I sometimes I don't waste my time trying to tell nobody an older believer about rightly divine unless he's willing to listen. And the majority of the time, uh, I find they're not. They're too caught up in their traditional, conditional belief. And I'm not saying that I say what they're caught up in their denominational belief too much. And they just will not listen. So I don't waste my time a lot with those type of believers. I don't, when it comes to doctrine. See, I go to the ones that's willing to listen, young or old, young people, that's just got saved. I talk to them, because they're still young. They haven't heard all the junk that the older ones like us, we have been through. They're still young, so it's, they don't know nothing about that. So they're more uh, receptive to hearing the teachings of Paul what it's supposed to be because they're kind of somewhat hungry. They're not caught up in traditions like the old schoolers are. You know what I'm saying? So I don't waste my time with a lot of old schoolers when it comes to doctrine unless they're willing to listen. 
Because I don't have the patience to argue with you. I believe what I believe. I ain't got to argue and try to force it down on you. See, so I don't waste my time with you. I leave you in your ignorance, okay? Now, I just leave you in your ignorance. Because some believers are really mean. And they just throw rocks at you. They really mean. Okay? Now, the way to be saved today is believing Paul's gospel, the fellowship of the mystery, the hidden mystery, the hidden message. Paul's message of salvation is the way to be saved today. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. It's about your belief and your receiving. And all this is according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Believing in the death burial resurrection of Jesus Christ. Please go to those scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15 1-4. Believing in the death and burial resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when you believe that genuinely see I like to put this out there. You can't fool God. See God knows your heart, your spiritual heart. You can't fool God by just saying I believe. And you go into heaven by and by. No, no, no. You have to believe with a genuine repentive. Repentive as in change of mind, not sins. Change of mind, heart. A repentive, contrite heart. That means you come and you want to change. You don't want to be doing the same things you are doing in your life. So you believe what Jesus done based on how through the Holy Spirit that's going to be sealed in you can help you change. See? Any mistakes you make with the Holy Spirit is your mistakes. It's the flesh. It's not the Holy Spirit because he's not going to force you to do anything. Now, when it comes to the New Testament, Israel, yes, God is going to be with them and he's going to cause them to obey him. See? The power of the Holy Spirit is going to really come in a miraculous way again. But that's in the future when the church is gone. But for now, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you, but he will lead you through your spirit to obey him. Not with force, but with love. What with love, see? All right? You can be saved now. Not by your own merits, not by nothing you are doing, not by the sinner's prayer, not by repenting and being baptized in water, not by confessing your sins. It's by believing what Jesus done for your sins. What sins? The sins that he took care of on the cross. The sins that's not being charged against you. And that's why they're not being charged because he took care of it. 2,000 years ago. So what stopped you from being saved? Nothing. Just your belief of believing that he did do that. That's it. But you don't go in that nonchalantly because God judges hearts. He knows your real motive why you want to be saved. 
He knows your real motive. And if it ain't got nothing to do with his son, you won't be saved. You won't be close to being saved. It ain't got nothing to do with his son, done. You just want to go to heaven and just stay the same? No, you're not going to be saved. I don't care how many tears you shed. You shed. And you're not willing to just stop and come with a repentant heart. Now, what I'm not saying is you need to repent of your sins. No, that's not under this grace. I mean, repent if you come with a change of heart of why you accepting Jesus Christ. See, it's a heart thing. That's the only way real belief is going to come because you believe Jesus can take care of that by believing what he done for you. See, you have to go that route. It's just like I'm using this again where a person said, I love you. But they don't want to put up, they don't, they, they love you, but they, a man say he loves a woman, but he don't want to marry her. See? You love them, I love you enough not to marry you. See, you can come to Christ the same way, say, I love you, I believe what you've done, but I don't want the relationship with you. I don't want to be that hold over me. That's how you come. Some people come uh, half-heartedly when it comes to Christ. That's why they might say, I believe, but I don't want to get into this Christian stuff or whatever like that. You know, no, no, you got to, it's like selling yourself out, man. You got to give it all to Christ. Not saying you're going to not make mistakes or be perfect. It's just like a relationship. See, majority, is it the majority? I don't know about these days, but when a woman hears a man say they love them, a woman is thinking, a lot of women are thinking, this person wants to be with me and have, spend his life with me. A big part of women think that when you're in love with them or you say you're in love with them. See, now, a lot of most people, you know, a lot of people don't even know what in love is, man. You meet somebody and all of a sudden you're in love. Now you're infatuated with them. I'm not talking about infatuation. See, because that's majority of the time, that's what it is. You saying love, but it's infatuation. It's infatuation. It's not love. You love the part. You love the body parts. You love the sexual relationship. Because if it weren't for that, you don't want no part of that woman. And vice versa. But mainly men, you don't want no part of that woman. You love them for what they do for you. It's a conditional love. What you do for me. What I can get out of you. I don't want to give you too much of me. See. But it's what I can get out of you. That's how some people come to Jesus for salvation. I don't want to give you none of me. I don't want to give up me, but I want what you can give to me. You can give me salvation. You can give me eternal life, but I don't want to give up me. I don't want to change the things I'm doing, but I do want that free gift. That's how a lot of believers come to Jesus. Even when they hurt sometimes, they don't come with that contrary heart. They come like that. Therefore, I'm sorry to say, you're not saved. You're not getting in that door. You're not sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ouch. I'm doing this out of love. I'm tired of just 
uh, easy believism and all this this little nonchalant salvation. These Billy, Billy Grounds and Joel Osteen's type of salvation. Everybody comes to the altar and all of a sudden they think they say and still live like hell. And act religious and stuff. You know, no, man, I, I, I don't teach that. I never did. Even before I was rightly divided, I never did. See? God requires 100% belief. Not 90, not 95, 100% belief of what his son done for you and those sins. Because you don't go to heaven because your sins been forgiven. See, that's just to open the door for you now to be saved. And the gospel of salvation is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Okay? Believe that, receive it, and you will be saved. God bless you all. Body of Christ, real talk. for some real talk topic today. Until next time, I'll talk to you again. I will be talking about other subjects and topics to help us grow in the things of God. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.